Hey, Surf Scale Store. I'm so excited today because we're talking about a topic we haven't actually discussed before on the podcast, and that's how to use SEO to find more clients. And I have a special guest who knows the ins and outs of this, and we're going to go through how you can get started finding clients using the power of SEO. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Surf Scale Store. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be back with another episode of the podcast. And this time we're talking about a really different topic that we haven't talked about, I don't think ever actually on the podcast. And so I have brought on my guest Mariah to come on and talk to you about how we can use SEO in our service-based business. And is it even a topic that we need? But before we jump into that, Mariah, can you go on and tell my audience a little bit about who you are as a person and then about your business? Yeah, it's so funny because usually when I talk about who I am as a person, I instantly go right into my business. So this is hilarious for me. Okay, so me personally, born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and I'm actually currently living in the mountains of North Carolina. So me and my boyfriend decided a couple months ago, let's just go and test out to see if we would like North Carolina. And we ended up moving to the mountains. We're only here for a year. And it's like me, my boyfriend and the squirrels right now. So aside from that, essentially, I'm just like a big nature lover, a big plant lover. And to be completely honest, I think my biggest hobby and like second biggest love in my life, aside from Andrew, is my business. I love that. And so I think this is really interesting because I always ask who you are as a person, because I think so many times we default to like our business. And I was like, I told Mariah before, I was like, so tell me about who you are as a person. Like, don't jump into your business yet. And I think that's such a great question because it sets us up to like think of ourselves and take our identity away from the business. And it's like, this is who I am as a person and my business is separate. So I love that that was new for you to do that. (laughs) And then also, are you in Boone, North Carolina? Uh, no, I am not. I am in Lake Toxaway, so like an hour outside of Asheville. Okay, very cool. So we moved up to right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina for a year to test out if we liked North Carolina before we built our house in Florida. And But I'm from Virginia, so it was only two hours away from there. And we decided that like we can't do winters. I think like right now y'all are like in the 30s or something. (laughs) And I'm like, we're freezing. We're having a cold front. It's 68 here. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Because like the reason why I didn't want to move to Florida is because I appreciate having the four seasons. And like being from Buffalo, I literally grew up having to shovel eight feet of snow. Like that is not an exaggeration. We got eight feet of snow within 48 hours. And then like moving here, it's like a sprinkle. And like, I mean, granted, they don't have the infrastructure to handle it or just like the plows on the ready like Buffalo does, but it's like a sprinkle and everybody's like, close it down. It's over. And I'm just like, what do you mean? This isn't even snow. This is like a dusting. Yeah. In Florida, we had to turn on our heat at Christmas time. And it was like, how do we turn on our heat? What does that smell? Does our heat even work? Like, I mean, 
So that's hilarious. Um, I love this. Okay. So nature lover living in North Carolina. Great. I love that you told us about who you are as a person, but now tell us a, more about your business. Yeah, this is where I feel more comfortable talking about. And like after I answer the question about like who I am, it's like 45 other things came to my mind. It's just I think that my business is easier for me to explain because it lives in a container where it's like me as a person is just so vast and complex and multi-layered that I'm like, man, how do I spit this out in like a couple sentences? But the business side of me. So I'm an SEO consultant and visibility strategist for online business owners over at MariahMagazine.com. And honestly, Like I'm basically just a firm believer that showing up on Google, increasing your visibility, growing your business, all of that stuff, it doesn't have to be as difficult and as overwhelming as everybody makes it. So I've been in the online space for almost eight years now. And in that time, I've been over, I've been able to help over a hundred clients get their websites found on Google by implementing a strategy that feels both doable and aligned. And I say the word doable because when people hear the word SEO, they instantly shut down. They're like, no, way too technical, way too overwhelming. This is far out of my reach. This doesn't make any sense for my business. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's so many gaps in the market. And to be completely honest, like when I first got into SEO, I hated it. I thought it was the worst thing on the face of the planet because when I got into the industry, I was doing website design and development. But then I realized like once I would launch my client sites, everybody was coming back to me and they're like, okay, well, how do I drive traffic to it? And I was like, I don't know. Like that is not my like zone of genius. And then slowly I started learning SEO. And essentially what I did is took it apart and put it back together in a way that makes sense. Because when you first start to learn about SEO, a lot of the information, especially back five years ago when I first transitioned into SEO, a lot of the information was either for advanced SEO people to like have conversations about the advanced tactics. Or it was like SEO agencies trying to overwhelm people so that they would just hand over their money on like a monthly retainer. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a different way to handle this. So in a nutshell, that's kind of just like what I focus on. I love that. And so I know that not everyone, I teach Facebook ads. So I know that things get technical and we forget that the terms that we think are common terms and I always come in terms. So can you explain to us on the most basic level, what is SEO? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, like, I really like explaining this foundational level because if you don't get how it works, regardless of what I say after this, it's going to continue to be a mystery. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And basically, it means that your website is like set up and structured and not just your website, but also the content on it is structured to show in search results like Google. I say like Google because when you set up your website accordingly for search engines, those results trickle into Google, into Bing, into Yahoo, into other search engines. But us SEO people, we kind of talk mostly about Google because as of right now, Google has the biggest market share. But with AI coming, and I think Bing is the one who bought ChatGBT, Like with all of that, I think Bing is starting to climb up the ladder a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see which search engine takes the biggest market share in the future. But SEO is how you get free and organic traffic from search results on search engines. Okay, so this is compared to those paid ads. The paid ads are typically shown at the top of Google search results. They usually have the word ad next to it. 
And those paid ads that you see are only clicked about 25% of the time on average. 75% of the clicks are on organic search results. So on the organic things that show up below the ads. So a lot of people think that Google ads and SEO is the same thing, and it's not. They rely on similar strategies, but they're completely different in terms of like how they're implemented. I love this. Okay, so this sounds, for a lot of people, they're probably like, oh my gosh, this is super confusing. (laughs) And so I love that this is like, technically a free you know it's it's organic it's free you don't have to pay for it of course like to learn it and stuff there may be this but it's not like ads where you have to pay for it constantly to show up and once you stop paying those ads then you disappear from that ranking this is something that will stay there and we've all searched stuff I mean, like we were just talking about how I'm super pregnant right now. My search history is all about like, when am I going into labor? And so those Mm -hmm. first ones, and as a marketer, I always get on there and I'm like, gosh, how are these blogs? And I know it's through SEO, but like, how are these blogs showing up before like WebMD, which is very interesting. And that's what we're talking about is the power of SEO and that visibility you can get. And I would love for you to talk about, because I do, you may or may not know this, But how many people actually scroll to like the second page of Google results? And so is it really important that we're on the first page? Does it matter if we're on the second page? I don't even know if that's something you can answer, but... Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, the statistics, most people do click on the first page of Google. But it's interesting because I personally think it also depends on the keyword. So and it depends on the people that are showing up on page one. Okay, so if like this keyword gets a lot of search traffic and the results on page one aren't answering your question in a way that's suitable to you, you will go to page two. So most of the time people like to click on the results on the first page. And so I think it's like, oh, shoot, if I were to give a number, I think it's like in the 90s, 90% of people click on results on the first page. But I have seen clients show up on page two for like a search term that gets a lot of traffic and they end up getting a a decent amount of traffic from being on page two. Now, obviously, if we're on page two, we want to try to get onto page one. And the goal is definitely to get on page one. But everything about SEO, to be completely honest, it's all keyword dependent. Even when people are like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do this to get on page one. It's like it depends on who is already on page one. Because Google is a business, right? And so Google wants to showcase the best solutions to the problem. So in order to get on page one of Google, we have to be the best solution to the problem. But what it takes to, quote, be the best solution to the problem is dependent on who is already there. Does that make sense? It's kind of like like if I wanted to show up for, I don't know, coaching or like virtual assistant or something like that. It depends on who's on page one. Let's say like Oprah or Tony Robbins are on page one. It's like, whoa, my website has got to be like tip top shape. My content has to be super powerful and all of these other things come into effect. But if we want to get on page one for uh, an SEO keyword that's more specific, like how to become a virtual assistant, we're going to have to do less things perfectly in order to get on page one, because the competition is not Tony Robbins or Oprah. Okay, I love this. So now that 
I know my audience is probably hearing this. They're probably like, well, this is more for people that have courses, digital products. Mm -hmm. But I want to bring this back to how can freelancers and one-on-one service providers really utilize SEO? And is it even important for them for finding clients? Yes, I would say yes. And it's funny because as you were saying that, I know our listeners can't see my face. But if you're thinking that it's only for course creators and stuff like that, I was like shaking my head like, no, 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 no. Bear with me here. So let's think about how we use Google first. Okay, so like, let's say I go to Google and I type in brand design. Okay, so it's like if somebody is a freelance brand designer, let's go to Google, we'll type in brand design. That specific keyword is not specific enough. Okay, so it's A, it's going to be really competitive. There's a lot of websites trying to show up for brand design. The other thing is we don't know what that person, what kind of content or solutions that person is looking for when they're typing in brand design. Are they looking to become a brand designer? Are they looking for information and education? Like you said, like the courses of just like how to like brand identity design versus brand logo design? Like, is it more informational, educational? Or are they looking to hire a brand design agency? Are they looking to hire a brand design freelancer? Brand design freelancer or brand designer freelance, those are two keywords that get a decent amount of website traffic. And I know because I was just doing research on this the other day. So it's like... If we're a freelancer, we're a service provider, people are going to Google to look for a solution. Think about like if you were trying to hire a photographer, where would you go to try to find one? You'll probably go to Google and type in like wedding photographer, Buffalo, New York. So that is somebody looking for a freelancer or for a service provider to provide a solution for them. So it's not just education-based content. It's not just blogs in the way of like that we think of them, of just like educational blogs. It's also like a keyword that we can show up for is like how to find the perfect brand designer. Okay. So you give the people on Google information of how to find somebody that matches what they're looking for. And then, oh, look, you can directly link over to your services package. And it's it's the same thing with solutions. So Like for me, focusing on SEO, I can target the keyword SEO strategist. And I've done the research and I know from looking on page one of Google, when I go to Google, I type in SEO strategist. There are SEO strategists for hire on there. So it's not just people looking to become an SEO strategist. There are people looking to hire people. And then also if we Google the word like organic SEO consulting, that keyword is directly connected to somebody looking for a solution that they want to hire somebody for. So our services and the way that we word our services can be connected back to an SEO keyword and therefore SEO can support us in getting clients. I love this. And one thing that happened to me when I started my business is I was in Virginia living and I had Facebook and Instagram ad manager But on my website, it was all done like Roanoke, Virginia, even though I was working with people all over. And we actually got a lot of discovery calls from local because it's a smaller town because they would look for like Facebook and Facebook ad managers, Roanoke, Virginia. And I was popping up and didn't even like mean to. And so I think sometimes we think as freelancers, just because we do work with people all over, 
that we kind of put ourselves in this box that like, okay, but if people locally to us want to work with us, it doesn't mean we don't work with them. And so I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I could totally be wrong because this is not my subject of (laughs) mastery, is that if you are providing a one-on-one service, it's probably easier to show up in the search results if you have like a location base that even if you serve everyone, if we can somehow tie in where you're located, it may be easier to show up on that search, kind of like you were talking about the photographers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's little things that you can put into your website. So like if you are a local photographer, obviously local services is something that you kind of have to focus on unless you're doing destination or travel. But like a virtual assistant, for example, like you can do kind of what I did. Like if you go to my website, I haven't changed it to North Carolina because I'm not sure if we're going to live here forever. So I still have Buffalo, New York. But on the bottom footer of my website, I literally have located in Buffalo, New York, serving clients worldwide. And I will use the location like on my about page and in like when I'm telling a story or like throughout my content without pigeonholing myself into it. You know what I mean? So there's ways to kind of like move around it. But that that was a shift for me, too, of just like, okay, I literally have clients worldwide, like New Zealand, Australia and Europe and whatever. And it's like, I don't want to pigeonhole myself to only have people think that I support people in Buffalo. But it's like, we can get creative when it comes to using that phrase. And we can't forget that there's local business owners looking for our solutions like around where we live. Like there's online business owners that definitely live in Asheville, North Carolina, that's an hour away, which is technically local to me. And it's like, okay, when they go to Google, they will more likely be shown results that match their IP address. So like Google is creepy and most of the time it can gather where you're searching from so that like, again, it can show you the best solutions to the problem. So if Google thinks that a local solution is better matched for what the person is typing in, then that's what it's going to show you. So there's definitely some leverage there. There's also leverage for like showing up nationwide, worldwide, things like that. So a fun fact is that if we were to do keyword research, all of the data that we pull is on a country by country database. So it's like, let's say I wanted to show up on page one for the phrase, we'll just stick with brand designer. Then let's say 300 people are searching for it a month, but that's only in the US. And so we can bring in Canada, we can bring in Denmark, we can bring in Sweden, Australia. And now that monthly search can increase. So it's like we can, I also show up on Google in the databases for Google in other countries, which is really cool too. So it's like we can kind of go really granular and then we can kind of go really big too. So like, I think that's why I love SEO is because like I I truly see not only the gaps in the market, but just like the unlimited possibilities to be able to support service providers and freelancers and making money in a way that makes sense for them and kind of allows them to own their genius. And so let's take this to the basics. If someone's hearing this and they're like, okay, this is something I haven't tapped into. One thing that I want to note, y'all, like I talk about active marketing and passive marketing. And I don't know if you've heard me talk about this ever, but active marketing is when we're like, you'll have quick results. That's like contacting people, outreach, Facebook groups, LinkedIn messaging, that kind of thing is active marketing. 
And I always say that we should have like an 80% active marketing strategy, 20% passive. And I would say that this would fall into the passive because it's not going to get you results right away. It's going to be something that you can start implementing and you'll see results down the road. It's not like a overnight success type deal. It is something that takes time to do. But like I said, everyone needs to have some type of passive marketing strategy, whether that's Instagram, YouTube. And the cool thing we haven't even talked about is YouTube's connected. They're owned by Google. And you can listen to Sean's episode on YouTube for more on that. But this is something you can implement if you don't want to like spend all this time making content on Instagram, Facebook, stuff that's going to disappear. This is something that lasts way longer than social media content. So I'm always a fan of that. So if someone's like, okay, this is going to be my passive marketing strategy. I really want to tap into SEO. What is the best way for them to get started? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I kind of just want to comment on what you said of like, yes, exactly. And that is what allows us to like put the social back in social media for our active strategies. Like that's why I love SEO both actually for YouTube and for Google is because it builds that sustainable foundation that can continue to build momentum as you're doing that more active marketing. And SEO does take some time. But to be honest, if we find a gap in the market and we snatch it up, we can get on page one in as little as three weeks. I've seen it with clients. So I just wanted to kind of make that note too, is because a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to see results for six months. And sometimes that's the case. It really depends on the keyword that we want to show up for. But if you're just like, okay, yo, Mariah, you're talking me into it. How do I get started with SEO? The first thing that I want you to do is set up Google Search Console. Okay. Even if you don't want to look at it. So I don't know if your audience is familiar with Google Analytics, but Google Analytics is essentially like a data tracking platform. It's free from Google. It allows you to track like where your website visitors are coming from and how long they're spending on your website. And all of that is really important. But the other thing that people don't know about is Google Search Console. So Google Search Console is how Google sees your website. Okay. So once you set up Google Search Console, you will be able to get access to all of the keywords that your website is showing up on Google for. A lot of people think that you have to pay for this. You don't. You get access to your data from your website. But if I wanted to get access to your data and see it like do competitor analysis, I would have to pay for a pretty expensive SEO tool. So the first thing I would suggest doing is setting up Google Search Console, even if you don't want to look at the data yet, even if your website is brand new, just set it up. Because as you're doing this more active stuff, maybe you're running ads, maybe you're doing Instagram, maybe you're doing these other things. This is going to help build traffic and build your authority kind of naturally with Google. And so if we can start tracking from the get-go, like how Google sees your website, that is going to be foundational. Even if like six months, a year, two years from now, you want to start focusing on SEO, you're going to have that foundational data set up. And when you're able to see what keywords you're already showing up for, those essentially become low-hanging fruit. So it's like, oh, shoot, Google is already associating brand design with my website, but I'm on page five. So the next question is now, what can I implement in order to get from page five to page one? So I think that would be like the very first thing is setting up Google Search Console. I love that. And so we will link up to Jennifer's 
episode on Google Analytics. She goes into that. So we'll link up to that. But I just pulled up mine <laughs> to see what, because I know we have Google Search Console. I don't use it enough. But like my top inquiries are y'all like to search my name. <laughs> so Brandy Bounds gets searched a lot. Then Serve Scale Soar, which makes sense because that's the podcast and the uh, membership. And then Conversions for Clients, which is my course. This is interesting. Patience and Consistency. Yes. So <laughs> what's interesting, if I can just break down like how Google works, and then I think yeah. this is gonna this is gonna make a lot more sense. So Google has little robots that kind of go through and crawl the web and they take note of the websites and they take note of the content that's on each page because websites don't show up on Google, pages do. It's a page by page basis. So these robots scan the content of the page to try to get an idea of like what is the main idea of this page? So that Google can organize the page into Google's index. Okay, all Google's indexes, it's a really big filing cabinet, truly. Like, that's all what it is. So when you search Google, it's like Google goes into the filing cabinet and tries to pull out and show you the results that it thinks best matched what you searched for. So that keyword... Patience and consistency. So Google, the robot scanned your that page and saw that that was a key word on your page. So that's why that page is organized into that section of the filing cabinet. So that's where keyword research can get really strategic because like before I started focusing on SEO, I was on page five for the phrase, what does the name Mariah mean? And that's because Mariah was just all over my website that Google was like, we don't know where else to put this girl. But now that I understand keyword research and I understand SEO, I'm being found for SEO strategist and DIY SEO course because I've done the keyword research to be able to figure out what words people are typing in and then connect them to the pages that are already on my website. I love that. And then when I look at mine, go over to the second page. It's like all click up HoneyBook, Dubsado, HoneyBook, which makes sense because mm -hmm. we talk a lot about that. And so this is really interesting, y'all. So just even checking this out, I think, would be really helpful. And so, Mariah, this has been so enlightening. I'm excited to dive into this more. This is an area that we really haven't focused on. So I love that this conversation has started. I hope that some of our freelancers start to tap into this for their business, whether they're looking for clients, they have a digital product or whatever it may be. Because this is something that most people aren't doing in the online space. But it's funny because this is something that local businesses focus very heavily on. Yep. And then us in the online space, we like pretend like it doesn't exist. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that this is one of those areas, like you said, we have to find the missing hole and then put you in there. And so where can people learn more about what you do and how can they connect with you? And what's the best yeah. way to learn more? Yeah, for sure. So if you guys want more details about SEO, if you want kind of just like a rundown of like what SEO is, why it's important, how search engines work, like the breakdown of the basics, and then insight on my six-step process to successful SEO, I do have a free roadmap to successful SEO that you can find at mariahmagazine.com slash roadmap. So it goes through, like I said, the six-step process that I have for getting your website on Google. And then it also goes through the three tasks that you can start doing today to improve your SEO. And hint, one of those things is literally setting up Google Search Console. And in that roadmap, I outline and link to a YouTube video, 
of like how to set up Google Search Console. What do you do next? Like I'm I'm really good at being able to break things down into actionable pieces. So if SEO is something that you're interested in diving into, definitely download that roadmap. If you want a little bit more hands-on support, I do have a thing called SEO sprints and they're kind of like an SEO group intensive session. So it's like where we can build your strategy together and then I can help you implement it right there on the call. It's kind of like a, a quick fire single session for SEO that can help you prioritize the right things. So right now, at the time of this recording, I do have a wait list open for the SEO sprints. So when you sign up for the roadmap to successful SEO, you'll be added to my email list and then I'll be keeping you guys posted about the SEO sprints. But there's also a wait list for that if you wanted to jump on mariahmagazine.com slash SEO sprints. And if you guys like Instagram, that's where I love hanging out. So come and follow me. Ask any questions, literally at all. Questions are how I create content for my audience and for my clients and things like that. So you can check me out over at Mariah Magazine CO on Instagram. Perfect. And we'll make sure to link up all those in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Mariah. This has been so enlightening and so helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Y'all, how good was that? Mariah broke down the importance of us using SEO as one of our passive marketing strategies. We're going to link up all of those resources in our show notes and the accompanying podcast episodes, but I highly recommend you check out her Instagram. It's packed with amazing free content that you can use to get started using SEO. And the one actionable step that she told us to get started with today is going to get Google Search Console. It's completely free. Just go to Google and type in Google Search Console and you'll be able to get your account set up for free. So if you take one thing away from today's episode, make sure you go take that one action item and think about how can SEO help you find more clients. And remember, this is one of those passive marketing strategies that we can implement to help clients find us instead of us finding clients. And until next week, y'all go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.